0: Hello and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Seavers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in The Silver King's Letters, Dearest Ones, in January of 1945 from A-72 in northern France. It's cold, and it's winter, as our hero writes to his family on January 12, 1945. Dearest Ones, This morning on my bed I found your sweet cable. Needless to say, the thrill it gave me. Honestly, a million dollars couldn't have succeeded in accomplishing the tremendous lift in my heart, mind, and soul— as your few simple words did. Upon reading it, I felt as though you were standing here. I felt as though I could almost reach out and touch you. Perhaps these feelings are so, because I know behind the words are the kindest, sweetest, and most wonderful persons in the entire world. I know that these wishes, simple as they are, come from the very hearts of you, And what possibly more could I ask for? Indeed, all I ask is the good Lord grant me leave to make me worthy of such wonderful parents. It will never be in my power to repay you for giving me life, but with all my heart I shall attempt to bring you a share of the happiness and kindness which you have so generously given me and of which you so justly deserve. Believe me, I love you with all my heart and worship the very ground you walk on. Your cable arrived last night, but because of being on duty again, I didn't get it until this morning. I have no idea when it was sent, but I suppose it was before the first. I'm probably lucky I received it at all, and deeply grateful.' I received a very welcome package tonight. As you see, it contained the much-needed stationery. Besides this, it had cigarettes, soap, and magazines, but best of all, a box of Martha's Delicious Candy. The candy has really made a hit with the fellows, naturally. As for me, I haven't tasted anything so good since leaving the States, The box was mailed from Chicago. If you sent it, dears, thanks a million. I shall write Leona also, just to make sure you all know how much it is appreciated. We've had a great deal of snow lately. There is a good foot of it on the ground. It has also turned bitter cold, has gone down as far as nine below. As You may well guess I'm spending most of my time by the fire, and believe it or not, I'm wearing long drawers. I sincerely hope you're well and not too lonesome. Please take care of yourselves and please write often. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly. Love to Ida. God bless you, dears. I love you and miss you. Stanley has written what I consider perhaps the most effusive letter of love and praise for his parents, they sent him a New Year's cable, which arrived just before mid-January. And I don't have the cable, but I can imagine from his writing the words that they deployed to boost his morale and make clear that they loved and cared about him very much, and he in turn wanted to reciprocate and be very clear that he is grateful that they're his parents, and he hopes to make them proud. As he writes to his family on January 13, 1945, Dearest Ones, No mail tonight, much to my regret. I guess I can't be lucky every day. And there's always tomorrow to look forward to. I do hope you've heard from me by now. I did receive a letter from Bill tonight. He's fine. He said that his group has made him lead navigator. It's a good job, but I don't envy him. Too much responsibility for me. He's also been very lucky gambling. So far, he has sent home $2,200, which isn't bad at all. With his money and my brains, we might go into business after the war. After today, I am authorized to wear a ribbon on my blouse, for I have received the Air Medal. It didn't come because I'm a hero or have done anything extraordinary. It comes automatically after having flown five combat missions. About all it's good for is to show my children evidence of my effort in the war, and it will also add a little decoration to my blouse. I would send it to you, but I think it best if I bring it home myself. It might get lost in route. I spent the day reading a very good book, All This and Heaven Too, by Rachel Field. One of the fellows brought it over with him. I've also read God is my co-pilot. Reading like this helps a great deal to pass the day. I hope you're well and not too lonesome. I'm fine in thinking of you constantly. Please keep writing, and I'll do the same. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King, my dad, writes to his family about a new blue battle ribbon that he received for flying his fifth combat mission, and makes mention of the fact that he hopes after the war to show it to his children as evidence of the effort he made to make the world safe. And it's always a pleasure to read what he was thinking, because yes, I have that ribbon and a number of the things that he won during the war, and that package has always been an inspiration to building the Silver King's War as a podcast series, and then following it with Dearest Ones. And he writes to his family on January sixteenth, 1945, Dearest Ones. Unfortunately for me, there wasn't any word from you again tonight. To go day by day without a letter from you is almost becoming a habit. I despise beginning each letter with a complaint, but somehow this is the one thing I couldn't pass off lightly. Your letters do mean so very much to me that I feel forever lost without them. Naturally, I realize too well that it isn't your fault— although I pray to God he will someday remedy the situation soon. As always, there isn't much to write without a letter to answer. I can only describe in a drab way my day's activities, and I know they make very uninteresting reading. However, it's the best I can do. I'm trying to write as often as possible, so that you won't worry. So please forgive me if they seem repetitious. After a usual dull day, for which I'm thankful, I'm writing this by candlelight, and as I write, I'm gently sipping gin mixed with grapefruit juice. My liquoration has become exhausted, so I have had to resort to gin. It isn't too bad mixed with the juice— At least the taste is killed. We came by the juice in not exactly a legitimate way, but even with a guilty conscience, it tastes good. Our lights are out due to the heavy ice all about. Ice has become predominant since the cold spell, and it succeeded in breaking the wires. Consequently, No lights, and it's awfully quiet without the radio. However, I shan't complain. I do hope you're well and not too lonesome. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly. Keep those chins up and keep writing. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King's days seem to rise and fall around. Mail call. And he hasn't had much lately, so he's as he often does, ready to complain a bit, although then claiming he really doesn't want to complain. But while he's writing, he's uh, sipping a little gin with some juice and not quite enjoying it because he's not a gin man, which I, as his son, find ironic because I'm a gin man who loves a good martini. The Silver King writes to his family on January 18, 1945. Dearest ones, I can truthfully call this night as the one nearest perfect since being here. All total, I received nine wonderful letters. Nothing could have made me feel as good as I do at this minute. Of the nine, four were from you, Mother dear. And one from you, Dad. Also, there was one from Leona and one from Arthur Phillips. Indeed, it is a gala evening. Of course, it is all old mail around December 6, except one of yours of December seven. Even so, all of it is the most marvelous sight ever. I'm so happy with all the descriptions of Margie. I'm sure she must be a gorgeous child from all you say. I can hardly wait for the first pictures of her. All that you did makes such interesting reading. It makes me feel as though I was there with you, enjoying it all. I am sorry to hear about Abe Tenenbaum's store burning. I hope the damage wasn't too bad. I'm glad you told me about the package Aunt Rose sent. I thought Leona had sent it. I shall write her for it. By the way, I also received a package from Leona and Lee tonight. As always, the food is most welcome. In your last letter, you say you haven't heard from me in two weeks. I'm truly sorry about this, but you must realize it isn't my fault. Probably the reason I received so many tonight is that a boat had come in. I'm sure the weather is keeping it from going by air. So, be patient, you'll receive many before long. I'm sorry you had such a lonely Xmas. I feel very confident that it will be the last one like that. I shall be home before very long, and I'm going to make sure we paint the town red. "'just as you promised me. "'Your news of Bluma May "'is the first I've received. "'She hasn't written me at all, "'but I suppose that's my fault "'because I haven't written her. "'I guess she hasn't anything to do but travel. "'I'm glad Arthur wrote me "'as I feel sure we will get to see each other. "'He is far closer to me "'than I had imagined he would be.' It will seem like old times again, as I haven't seen him in almost five years. Maybe he will know where Jack is, and perhaps all three of us will be able to get together. I can see a big drunk coming on. I spent a very quiet day reading and sleeping, and tonight we had a USO show, which wasn't bad at all. There weren't any big names, but there were some women, and they had us all drooling. When I came back from the show, I found the mail. You can imagine how elated I was. Believe me, I could never thank you enough or make you know my appreciation for it. I can only thank the dear Lord for having such wonderful parents. And Mother dear, please don't feel that you are alone in your prayers, for I too have Many things to be grateful for. Please keep well and write often. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley has hit a personal jackpot with nine letters in one mail call. He's thrilled to hear from his family and some friends. And he loves catching up on the news and knowing that people are thinking of him as he thinks of them. And he writes to his family on January twentieth, 1945. Dearest ones, Just a few lines to let you know I'm fine and thinking of you. There was no mail from you tonight, but I did receive a sweet letter from Aunt Sylvia. They are fine, and she has forgiven me for not seeing her while in New York. She also said I should write you as often as possible, and that's what I'm trying to do. There isn't anything new, only the weather changes. Last night and most today, it snowed, and now the ground is once more covered. So as usual, I spent the day by the fire reading and playing cards. It is indeed a most lazy life, but one of which I can't complain. Each day I get fatter and lazier. Please keep well and keep writing. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Our hero, the Silver King, was never fat or lazy, and he had just received a letter from one of his favorite aunts, Sylvia, a younger sister of his mother, Sarah Bell. And we have reached the end of the second part of The Silver King's Letters, Dearest Ones, from A72 in northern France in January of 1945. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.